0: This is the Modern CTO Podcast,
1: dude. How are you doing today? Are you excited? Yeah, it's my uh, first first podcast, so happy to get started. What? Yeah, yeah. this is it. We're recording right now. Okay, like let's... we just roll.
0: <laughs> this will be the um, your favorite pie, like. I love doing this podcast. Right. Um, yeah. So it's pretty much all downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess. So like to be candid, one of the things that like I did the podcast for over a year before I'd been on anyone else's podcast. And one thing that they did when I started going and and I did like 10 podcasts in one month, like other podcasts that weren't mine. And they had, um, they all did this like long intro and they read my bio before the podcast started. Yeah. And I was like, and then they asked me some big deep question. That'd be like me reading like your list of life accomplishments and then be like, How do you do it, Chris? <laughs> it was like way too heavy. So I realized, oh, I didn't even didn't even know like how to do a podcast. I just wanted to talk to people.
1: Yeah. So we're not gonna do that.
0: <laughs> no, okay. No, okay. sir. All right. Nope. We do we do have a new addition to the office though. We we started um we built like a little set and we started like flying people down sometimes to do them oh. in person. So that's something new we're doing for the year.
1: I am uh I am in a very cold Chicago and I was not given the opportunity to fly down to Florida. So dude, you shut S- up. Second yeah. appearance. Second appearance. You know,
0: second appearance, worked. yeah. <laughs> so so what is it exactly that you do like on a day-to-day basis?
1: It's uh there's no typical day. Um, so to tell you a little bit of background of Connemara. So Kanamara, we're a consulting firm in the engineering space for capital markets. So Kanamara itself doesn't have a very large uh, technology footprint because we're consultants. We're basically guns to hire. So every day is kind of driven by whatever our current customer load is and kind of what they're looking to build. And um, yeah, so, so today... Today, I've been writing a lot of Go code and debugging a lot of Go code. (laughs) But yesterday, I was doing something completely different. Um, So as a CTO, um, I end up having to write a lot of code, but uh, a lot of meetings in there, too. Maybe that's what makes me a CTO, It's all the the meetings that get laid on to my regular engineering duties. (laughs) I love that. People always will say... uh...
0: Like, what's the quickest way to become a C- CTO? And I'll say, quit your job and start a
1: company and you can be one tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Print out some business cards. Um, yeah. And then I think for myself, you know, I, I've been here at Connemara for, geez, since 2005, which is a long time for a technology um, gig. Um, so... I mean, I, I, I've, I've stepped into the CTO role, but it's kind of a, a role by circumstance. I think that um, kind of starting as a regular engineer, writing software and kind of understanding a little bit about the business and from a higher level perspective, um, you'll eventually figure it out and you'll, you'll be able to take on those responsibilities, whether you're ready for them or not, you'll figure it out real quick. So, so do you get to meet with customers? Yes. Yeah. And then that's probably a unique thing that our engineers have to do Um, in fact when we when we hire we look for highly talented engineers but we're also looking for engineers that are interested and motivated to talk to the customer figure out what their requirements are um, and help them accomplish whatever business goals they have Um, so that was something that I definitely had to to figure out and and I think that having done you know before Connemara I worked at a very large company and I was a Java developer two, I think, and so all you're doing is you know writing Java code and passing your tests. And um, I wanted to be more involved in uh, the regular product development lifecycle, and I was looking for for opportunities to do that. And uh, consulting, you you get thrown right in there, um, so that gave me the opportunity to, to kind of uh, kind of uh, you know scratch that itch in terms of figuring out you know how do you write software how do you accomplish business goals with software and get above just a a regular editor from time to time
0: so do you guys like actually make exchanges like what is? i know you do a lot of stuff in the financial services but it that seems kind of weird like isn't there just like a handful of exchanges like how do you make exchanges
1: there's there's a a lot of exchanges um yeah so so we're, we're not just in the exchange space. When I say capital markets, it's capital markets is kind of a it's a slice of what's what's commonly called the fintech space. But we're not necessarily like in the payments business. Um, our clients could be like a couple of traders that have an idea and they need us to implement an automated solution for them. Like an algo. Um, or it could be a startup exchange um, Who has a uh, a trade that they want to be able to to make or make on behalf of of an industry, and they need to be able to build a um, an exchange from scratch Um, to much larger institutional investments, investment firms, uh, where they might have an internal matching solution, or or they'll want to integrate with with one of the, the the main exchanges that are out there. But yeah, man, we're 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 building all the technology that allows you from you know click to trade. To reporting that trade we 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 do projects all along that that stream of work and you've been there for like what over 10 years now so you must yeah. like it yeah yeah I do And I I, I think part of it is um, I get bored very quickly so um, it, it's nice to be able to have this cadence where a long project for us is maybe a couple of years and that's a long project um, our typical engagement is, is much less than that you know, six to nine months is a is a good size project for us. So we are in that capital market space, but there's so many different um, pieces to that that I'm able to see a lot of variety, and I think that's what's kept me around. Um, that coupled with you know just working for a small firm, really enjoying working with the management team and the developers that we have, um, that's just kind of kept me you know interested and, and really comfortable in this space. You guys use Slack? We do. Yeah. Yeah, I turned it so, off because I knew it'd be dinging me.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. So I actually I was talking about this this morning. I went like I, because we do this show, I have to put my phone in do not disturb all the time. Right. Yeah. And so then I started to like learn about how do not disturb works. And then I ended up putting my computer. You can like do this hack where you do it from like 1201 a.m. to like 12 basically right. you set it in a 24 hour loop. So like do not disturb is always happening on your desktop. Right. And so I did. I've done that for like a year. But then over the past couple of weeks, I couldn't figure out like why I was still getting notifications and do not disturb. Because apparently they'll still come up, it just won't light your phone up. Like it won't disturb oh. you in the sense that like lights your phone up, but the notifications will still be there. Like if you press on it, you know, yeah, it'll like still be all stacked up, which is like equally as stressful, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, because you put your phone and do not disturb when you're trying to do something else and you need to check the time and then you see like eight things happen.
1: Yeah, what did I miss? There must be something really yeah. bad, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then I was like, all right. So after I emailed uh, Tim Cook and realized that I just didn't understand how it worked, uh, which was humbling. I always love doing that type of stuff. Um, Then I realized I went to go into my notification settings and I was like, you know what? Let's just see what happens if I turn off all notifications. Yeah. So I've turned off all notifications except calendar and text. Nice. and because so, like i got my i have two kids and a wife like i need my yeah. no text to like notify me yeah and i need calendars for like i don't miss my meetings like this amazing podcast right sure but i wonder like i feel so much more free and it's only been like a half a day
1: <laughs> that's a life that's hack. gonna be like that's a life hack it's right a there. Life hack. yeah
0: yeah because when you go into the slack everything's there yeah and what i what i was noticing is that you know i I look at the Slack messages, I think about how I'm going to respond, but then I like, my brain's really fast, right? You can look at it and think about what the response is. It's like right. a, just a reactionary behavior, yeah, involuntary behavior. And then you have to wait till later to respond. So you're like doing the work twice. And I was like, yeah, pick up my phone 150 times a day anyways. Like I'm not gonna miss the stuff.
1: So I'm just, I don't know, what do you think of that? You know, we've <clears throat> we've had Slack, for a long, long time. We, we had Campfire, did you ever use Campfire? Oh yeah, DHH.: yeah. yeah, so Campfire was great because it could play sounds. I mean, that's really, that's what we're looking for. It was just goofing off as a team, is what we can do with, with these things. And Slack was, or Campfire was great because you could do sounds. Slack, they got rid of the sounds, which is probably the smart thing to do. Um, and we're at a point now where I have a ton of channels because I'm involved in different projects and things. Um, but we're so deep into this, this, you know, this post DevOps world. Um, so it's not just us; it's all of our bots that are talking to. And you know, actually, before this, I was we're we're kind of looking at a GitHub um, outage right now, and so we're getting all of our notifications late. But it's it's basically hammering all of our channels, and so we're trying to figure out how do we do what, what, this world we live in where we have all these bots that are telling us hey, there's a pull request you need to look at, or hey, this build's broken, or hey, your dependencies are out of date. How do you manage that? You need to cap- capture that stream elsewhere than when you're trying to solve a difficult problem You know, with a team that's you know across the country or across the world. You don't want a bot interjecting to say, hey, build's broken, while you're trying to have a conversation. So I, I wish there was a playbook for how to properly use Slack. Maybe someone has a book out for that, but that's something we've been kind of figuring out uh, because... Just like what you're saying with the notifications, I mean it, it's useful, but it's to a point where we're saturated with with all of our various.
0: They robots. they inf- they like in, they like infect every part of our lives. Yeah. Because there's like, I, I guess because we're trying to like work this thought out right now live. Like, I guess we have to ask ourselves a question of does this style of notification deserve to interrupt my. My stream of conscien- consciousness—does it deserve my my attention in real time? Like we'll, we'll have to start sub sub segmenting our attention span versus like, can it interrupt me or like, is it worth it? Like we'll have right. to des- decide that because we need them to stack up. We need we need the bots to stack up their list and their queue so that we can when we when we're when we're ready to go in there and work on that. We can see everything that we need to know, but we shouldn't let it control us. We should take control and we should control the technology.
1: Yeah. So some of the things that we've done is like, let's say that I'm working on a project. Um, I'll create a a channel for the project. And then once it's, you know, we have alerts and things, I'll create a project dash alerts channel. And that's where a bot's going to throw us all kinds of, hey, there's an error that's being logged or something. And then because we're working not with just engineers, but we're also working with project stakeholders. So maybe it's um, my, my boss, Jim, who's a CEO, he wants to know what's going on with the project. If he jumps into a channel that's full of GitHub alert, like it's just overwhelming. So we, we have a dedicated channel that's for you know project-dev. And that's where all of our GitHub alerts are. And that's usually where I'm haunting, because I want to see activity in, in GitHub. Uh, but I still have the other channel where I can talk to the project manager or any business analysts and kind of have a quiet place. But I think what Slack needs to figure out is that I'm on all of those channels. And on my, my left, I've got my little bar of all my channels. And it, it's, it's, I'm still seeing that there's some activity going on, even though it probably doesn't require my attention. But it's still, it's distracting me away from what I probably really need to be working on. So I don't think this problem's going away. I think it's just going to get worse. <laughs> exactly i think we're gonna
0: need like it's just gonna fall on us to figure out how to control our focus because it's like the frog in boiling water i was thinking i was when i when i disabled these notifications this morning i was having breakfast i was telling my wife and i said i wonder what life's gonna be like and i'm like shit. i'm 32 years old i was like i live for 27 25 years without any of this stuff (laughs) Right. Like it'll just be like it was before, um, where I decide that, okay, I'm going to go. Like I was even thinking about Xbox when I was, you know, uh, 15. Like right. people would send me messages. And when I chose to do Xbox, when I chose to go online to play, I had my, I focused on my online world. I had my messages, invites, people wanting to play games. Like, right. and I just dealt with it in that mindset. But what's happening now is like there's no, peace like there's no peace there's no like here's my window of of time where i will not be interrupted and i think the argument for that is like every great thing that we've gotten up and to this point has had the benefit of of uninterrupted deep work like that's how we got the technology like we couldn't have ever got here without that uninterrupted deep work
1: yeah yeah but we're we're in a world now where you know we're writing software that's typically a hosted service and one of our offerings at Connemara is a operations and support package and that's that segment of our of our of our business is something that I'm involved in but isn't necessarily my direct responsibility but um, we have folks that are on call and they need to know when when services are going down and I will say over the past 10 years I've seen monitoring systems uh, be highly effective to be able to let us know within you know. A second or so, hey, this thing isn't behaving properly, and because we have those tools that are willing to alert us that quickly, there's an expectation that someone's listening on the other end of that. So it's, I, I well, the best vacation that I ever had, in my honeymoon, is when I didn't have my phone on, and it's like that was a free thing. But I was telling everyone, oh, I, I had this great vacation, you guys got to try it. I just had to get rid of my phone, and it's it's a weird thing to think about, but that's kind of where we're at right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's also weird because we have a biological incentive like i was listening like simon sinek i have one of his books up here somewhere yeah getting good at pointing without looking <laughs> it's good like leaders yeah. eat last or, but, right that was pretty yeah. on point it's like boom got like a unicorn ampersand because i like that with yeah. ruby and uh, i like blocks and then uh, yeah so you could be um, a weatherman that's perfect i could be a weather i could be a weatherman yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> and over here we have product development um, <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying anymore, but, oh, we got the biological, um, synaptic feedback. Like we get that hit of dopamine when we get those notifications, uh, Simon says of like the bing, the buzz, the zip, the pop or whatever. Yeah. And so like, we can know that it's not good for us and we could still do it.
1: Yeah, totally. Like brownies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or
0: social media in general
1: and. 2020, here we right? are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's, what's your media diet look like? It's pretty trimmed. I, my, my lovely wife is um, fielding family Facebook responsibilities for us. So um, I removed myself from Facebook a few years ago, uh, but here we have an obligation to be available on Facebook to know, what are, you know what's going on with our family and friends. So she's playing my proxy for me, which is great. Um, I was on Twitter for a while, and I've kind of scaled back on that, and um, I have LinkedIn for professional reasons, but uh, it's, it's pretty well trimmed. I, I try to keep up to date with um, you know, various blogs that I haunt, um, like Hacker News is a really good resource for me to figure out what's going on, um, and unfortunately, my, my way of consuming Hacker News is to have a Slack channel where I'm piping in Hacker News, so maybe that's not the right way to do it, but,
0: <laughs> but it, it's, it's, a, okay. it's a great feed.
1: Um, so that that's that's kind of where I've where I've been at. But yeah, I, I, there was a time where I was fully into you know Twitter and then just um, Twitter and Facebook at the same time, and it's just it's too much, a little overwhelming. I needed to take that that break, and and I missed the days when Google had the their reader because that was more my my flow. But that's not a thing anymore. So um, but there's plenty of RSS readers out there that are pretty good.
0: Yeah, they they turn off a lot of products. Like there was actually a website that started tracking them, like all the products they sunset. It's it's like hundreds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually. And that affects us. We, they have um, a really great service for uh, jobs, Google hire and we discovered it maybe six months ago. Um, and it was super useful. We were scheduling interviews. We were getting feedback and they're sunsetting it. So it's, We love Google. We use the Google domain stuff, but this has happened a few times now, uh, where there's a really awesome service there, getting rid of it. So it's got to build your own. That's that's the that's the solution. That's why we're engineers, right?
0: Right. Just build it yourselves, and usually they're doing that because they couldn't get it like profitable, which usually means there's someone else in the market who's also doing a pretty good job at it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, for us, we would gladly pay, you know. It would happen to be. I think it was maybe free because we had the Google domain. But you know, it's it was such a great thing. We would gladly if they monetized it in a second. But um, have bigger I bet you it's some
0: stupid too. I bet you it's like some team estimated it would take X millions of dollars, and they were off by something, and it just got cut by by someone somewhere because they just saw oh we didn't achieve this metric and this. Time. I mean, when you're that big, yeah, like you're not you don't have that's why these that's why the best products the best products end up coming from these founders that like they build something they're in love with it and they don't quit no matter how hard it gets and then you end up with like Tesla yeah right Right. I have a good one for you so one of the things we do a lot is we ask this Elon Musk Tesla question at the end of the episodes, right? So much so, like when I forget to ask it, I'll get people that reach out to me on LinkedIn, and they're like, "Don't give up on the Musk question, you're you forgot to ask it on this episode." I'm <laughs> like, I don't know, just sometimes it's not like standard. I try to just have a conversation. And I I like that question. Yeah. But we just booked uh, the CTO of Ford, like coming on the show, and I was like,
1: I don't know if I that'd be so rude
0: oh, if I asked him the Tesla question.
1: You know, he's getting asked it every day if- though. I, I think it's fine. Is no. it? Izzy, you think it's okay? Absolutely, I mean, shouldn't they be asked? They should be asked. I, I guess,
0: think. I don't know. It's like bringing someone over, I guess, I guess if I did bring someone over to my house and I was like, hey, it, it would be normal to talk about other people in the market,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, we're this capitalist age. If you uh, are an executive at Ford, shouldn't you be challenged, you know? I get,
0: that's true it's just that I'll be <laughs> like all right I have a question hypothetically the CEO of SpaceX Elon Musk right.
1: <laughs> oh is he is he a Tesla too I didn't uh, Tesla yeah, I didn't, oh yeah, yeah.
0: batteries uh, all
1: right
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I always want to like you know you want to make people feel comfortable you want to like you know have good conversation sure so yeah
1: I'll get him to smoke some weed <laughs> <laughs> be it's, like the CEO of, of Tesla did it. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of podcast. We're all doing it. <laughs> yeah. But we're but
0: we're in Florida, so I would have to be in California for that one to be okay.
1: Oh, we're in Illinois, so uh, what is it like there? Is weed legal there? It is. Um, it's we're let's see. So it is February twenty fifth, and it became legal on the first of the year, and okay, it wasn't. And I think all the states. I used to live in Washington I lived before that. I lived in Oregon during their rollouts, and, and um, it, there's it's it's a shortage. So it's interesting if you read about it. Like the it helps the black markets, you know this type of thing because more people are interested in it, but they can't find it, so they go back to the black markets. So I don't know. Talk to me in a year. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just I just watched a movie this weekend um, with like Matthew McConaughey yeah it's it was like it's like a new one out right now, and it was quite possibly the most interesting director like directing of a movie like the format of it, like the layout. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I don't even remember what it's called maybe Jake could look it up and chime in, but it was just out this weekend with Matthew McConaughey, but he one of the premises that like he is this uh kingpin of a, a black market like yeah. marijuana thing in in u k super interesting the the way that the the video the movie cut and like the way that the whole storyline was and I told Alex our videographer I was like dude you have to see it from like a director perspective I haven't seen something you like totally unique in a long time
1: Hmm. you remember the name like I think
0: well Jake's gonna check it out and and chime in but (laughs) I think that even if you don't really like the preview like go watch the movie because it's so interesting how it's laid out
1: yeah well in a couple years. In a couple of years, because right now I have a eight month old and a five year old. <laughs> I will be able to see it. i so will be on HBO or something. I'll be able to watch it. But I haven't seen a movie in a theater in a long time.
0: There he is, the, it's gentleman. Called the gentleman. Okay. Yes. So you have an wait, hold on a second. You have an eight month old and a what? A five year old. Oh, I thought you said a five
1: month old, and I was like, this is like, you got two wives. <laughs> No, no, I'm not sure this is much better. I mean, a five-year-old and a eight-month-old. I have That's a exhausting. I have a a three a
0: uh, two two and a half-year-old, almost three, and then uh, Lachlan's birthday is actually today. Um, oh wow! So he's one year old. So a uh, uh, almost three and a one-year-old. So I, I get it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I get yeah. a lot of parenting get, advice. You have babysitters. Yeah, and and you know one of the reasons why we're in Illinois is my my family around, so that, that helps to have that support system. Uh, but I, I get a lot of parenting advice for our youngest. And it's like, dude, I've done this already. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you tell me. It's all, yeah. It's tough. <laughs> what, what advice or like
0: what's on your mind as far as like, let's say prof- like professionals having kids and like, we have to work a lot. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you deal with it?
1: You know, I, I've noticed it in myself and I've noticed it in my friends who have had kids there's something about that extra responsibility, It really, you have to figure out a way to mellow yourself out and to deal with that stress. And that's something that's difficult for a lot of us just in the workplace in general. So just something that I picked up on this is kind of like figuring out how to deal with my stress levels at home, which has actually helped me in the office in dealing with the, you know, the stresses that come with my professional career. It doesn't necessarily make it easier having two sources of stress, um, but there's something about getting thrown into into that situation. You have to figure it out, and something about that life skill can really apply elsewhere. So, <laughs> so what's worked for you, man? Uh, it's slowing down. Definitely slowing down, um, and just that that patience is so critical. I mean, my kids are sharp. I mean, they're they're awesome, uh, but it still takes a little time to figure some stuff out and it kind of feels like we're both testing each other (laughs) you know like how a caged animal kind of like checks out the bars and stuff. that's that's basically how it is
0: so (laughs) we see her testing us like when she'll cry because she wants something and in my mind i'm just like oh we're gonna do this for 20 minutes oh yeah it's uh like of course i win (laughs) (laughs) of course i win right right
1: right you can't just say that (laughs) You can't just say that. Although I've said that, I've said, you know, this is not going to work, but it just doesn't, you have to figure out a different way to do it. And you have to think, okay, that would work for me, a purely logical human, but this is a five-year-old I'm dealing with. What's, what's going to work best for that? And so. I know. What are, what are they into at five? Uh, well, my, my daughter is super into unicorns and. Uh, there we go right there. Oh, there you go, yeah. Purple unicorn, yeah. And princesses, and we don't know how that happened. We have no idea, like, we, didn't, we don't push, you know, the whole Disney princess thing, but somehow they, they just, they're, they're their own person, and it's really interesting to see that kind of develop. Isn't that amazing how like you
0: think like before you have kids, you're like, Oh, those parents shaped them. And, and then when you have kids, yeah. you're like, Oh my God, this, this is like a total, this humans like pre-programmed with like this yeah. whole personality that there's no way they could have learned that anywhere. Like they definitely didn't learn that watching anything. Like right. they just have that inside of them. It's like their soul, you know?
1: Yeah. There's some, uh some nature versus uh nurture there <laughs> at work. Well, yeah, I don't, it's great i mean I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing my so my oldest um Linnea, she's five and, and our, our son cooper he's eight months um and i'm just so the just just jazzed like see him grow up and you know hang out with them and just kind of figure out how they see the world and yeah i don't
0: know i like it i oh, recommend so you've got them. the same i recommend them too i mean they're <laughs> difficult and amazing but there's a net positive right? yes yeah totally yeah, I had the, the girl first and then the boy, I was actually um, like thinking last night and I was I, I make notes sometimes I do some like reflection stuff. And yeah. uh, I was like, I was thinking, like, what do I want to learn so that I can then teach them because he's only he just turned one. And right. and so I was like, Alright, well, um, I learned maybe some like archery, maybe like, I've never been hunting. I'm like, super nerd, engineer, introverted for like, 99% of my life until this podcast yeah. I was like maybe I'll go outside <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll go outside and like learn how to shoot a bow and then I found that there's like bow shooting classes like in my town for like 20 dollars I was like all right maybe if I go learn how to shoot a bow I could like take him on a camping trip and like teach them how to shoot a bow and that could be kind of like a good experience
1: yeah you know? sure yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> just know. um you got to figure out if they're gonna like it or not like I've tried we've tried to get her out to, you know, go camping or or snowboarding. I really wanna take her out snowboarding and we're just not there yet. And I don't you don't want to yeah. push it on them because then they're gonna hate it, especially if it's something that's difficult. You gotta figure out, you know, how do we how do we do this in a way that they they enjoy the the actual um, the journey of figuring this out, you know, and then not thinking, oh, you know, we watched this cool video on archery or something, you should be able to do that right away. No. It takes a lot of practice, and you gotta, you know, be okay with that.
0: Yeah, discipline is definitely like I was trying to, and I'm sure you've you thought about this too. But like as a parent, uh, I've been trying to think like, you know, what heuristic or what methodology like should I raise my like kids under, right. and like what you know what principles. And the the one that I came up with that I like the most is, um, I don't care what you do as long as you do it well. Like, because achieving mastery of one thing lets you understand how much work it is to achieve mastery of something.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think that, that heuristic really instills the value of hard work, right? To be able to say, look, whatever you want to do, that's great. You just strive to be the best you can at it. You know, don't give up. Keep working on it. So.
0: Yeah, because you've been programming in a long time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so you and I both know, like, once you get to the top, you realize that like, it's just the experts arguing about best practices. Totally. But to make that journey takes you almost a decade. Like you, you can't get that on day one. Like someone can tell you it and you can know the words to say, but you don't have the feeling and the experience of knowing what it's actually like until you
1: yeah. do it. Yeah, actually, uh, I was just thinking about this because I was asked to clear a LaCroix box from my window over here and I've got some books that are <laughs> over here. Well, you don't see are the books that like, those are great books and they're basically like high level, like how to write pragmatic software, you know, basically like, like high level stuff. How do you work in teams? things like that. My monitor is resting on all of these books that at one point I've read that are like low level, you know, j or Hibernate and stuff that I don't, I don't want to say it was a waste of money, but at that time, I wasted so much time going so deep into that one thing. That I wasn't able to look above, and, and there's more valuable things that I was kind of missing out on. So I don't. That, that took a while for me to figure out, like getting sticking your head up from like examining a library, what you can do with it to kind of understand. Okay, well, how does that fit in the whole ecosystem? What can I learn from this library that this other library does differently? Um, so going a little bit too deep, maybe. I wish I would have learned that sooner. <laughs>
0: but like not so shallow oh, yeah. that you're hopping like entire languages and never like learning how one language fully works though.
1: Right, exactly, and, and you know, I'm at a point, I'm sure you're at a point too, where you don't necessarily, you, you can see the commonalities between languages. And once you get the gist of what this one does or how, it, how this database works, there's some questions that you can answer. Like, okay, well, I know that like Mongo does it like this. This new database, how does it handle that? And you're asking more intelligent questions that get you to that answer faster than if you were just you know, in, in starting out in a vacuum. And then
0: there's like the, um, the humbling of there will always be a new technology. There will oh, always yeah. be doing something new and you don't know. And there's no way you as one individual can consume it. And hopefully by that time you've gotten to the point where you're like leading a team and you can bring people together to create something greater than the sum of you. Right.
1: Totally. Yeah. And, and in consulting, so what we do, um, the next project we get, we don't, we don't know who it's coming from. We don't know necessarily what's going to be. Um, a lot of our constraints that we have in terms of designing a system are, what is the staff going to look like that's going to be taking this technology on once we're we're gone? Or, or what, how is this going to integrate with their existing solution? So um, it, it totally depends on who the client is. But in the past year, I've written a few uh, Rails projects and you know Go projects, .Net projects, and, and kind of having that agility is really necessary in in our our you know particular industry. Um, so that's one of the things that we look for when we hire engineers too. Is we need basically generalists that that are really good at having that that breadth of knowledge, but when needed to, they can go deep and figure out you know for that particular technology that we're working on for that project let's figure out everything we can about it. So we can address, you know, whatever the thing is we're trying to debug or whatever else. Um, but that's something that takes time at the scale that takes a long time.
0: So like, so last week I got into this like rant with this, uh, CTO that was doing like a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions. Right. And, uh, he had, he had a pretty strong like finance, uh, Background that he had developed from having to do these different mergers and acquisitions, and we were talking about that. And then I started thinking, like, I know all these different CTOs, all these levels, and I was start, and I want to know now, like, how much P and L responsibilities are you exposed to at your level?
1: Uh, a lot. Um, Okay. A lot. A lot of my days are spent working on proposals, um, working on estimates, and of understanding what the budget is what our customer's budget is um, one of the things that i'm really excited about with what connemara is doing now is we are traditionally a con- consulting firm uh, we're not a products company or at least we have not been traditionally but we keep solving the same problems over and over again so what we're starting to do is is to develop our own off-the-shelf kind of platform to be out to, to allow the next customer to build their exchange faster because we have some parts that we wanna be able to reuse for that next next customer. So we started to have to think more like how our customers have been thinking, thinking about this product that I'm going to be building, this platform, um, how much time and money do we wanna spend this year to implement this feature? What do we think we're gonna get out of it? Whose problem are we solving? How much more business are we going to be getting? So. I get exposed to a lot of that. And I think part of that is just because having been here for a long time and just being comfortable with the executive team, because of what we do, the engineering voice is important in all of that. And um, so I, I get involved in a lot of that discussion.
0: So is that what QuickFix is like the precursor to, or is that something else?
1: So, so QuickFix is an open source um, library and there's actually a lot of flavors of it. So the original one was written by Oren um or miller um and it was c plus plus and that's something that um jim our ceo helped with he actually wrote the acceptance test for QuickFix. fix but QuickFix is basically just a, a library um for it's an open source library for facilitating what's what's known as the FIX protocol which is a financial um language for like sending data about um sending orders or trades or market data um, before Oren wrote QuickFix, there was no open source library for that. Um, so when he did that, which is fantastic, he did a great job. and People were using a lot of wrappers around that for whatever language they needed to. And from that spawned uh, J, which is a Java version. And we wrote QuickFix.net, which is a .net, net version. And then recently QuickFix Go, which is a Go implementation of that. Uh, but it's just an open source library for fixed protocol. Um, a lot of the... The, the projects that we've done in the past, we've a, a, been able to leverage open source technologies to, to build software much more cost-effectively than if we were licensing everything. So where we can, we like to give back and, and um, look towards open sourcing what we can to, to, to give back to the community.
0: And you did that at Microsoft too, right?
1: A little bit, yeah. So I, I was at Microsoft for about four months, not very long. Um, okay oh, this was. uh it counts uh, it counts for the resume man it counts it counts it counts, it counts. i yeah I, yeah i had a blue badge i was a blue badger um uh, but yeah this was uh it doesn't exist anymore but there's a vision at microsoft called open tech and they were really interested in open source technologies and, and kind of being evangelists for what microsoft could do for open open source software and, and um, where where microsoft fit into that um and um so I was I was involved in that for I was a program manager uh, again for like four months mostly involved in the IoT space and trying to show how you can use Azure uh, for these IoT you know devices to use the, the cloud software and then also um, I believe they're doing some work at the, the device level to install um, Windows 10 or something. Um, but what, what was encouraging is that Microsoft was fully on their way to already you know use, being open source first in-house you know be more comfortable in that space so that division closed shortly after I left um, but that was something that I was really passionate about I don't know if I would have gone to Microsoft if it wasn't for uh, that particular program that I was involved in
0: yeah the IOT stuff is like really exploding nowadays
1: yeah and this was back um, let's see it was about six or seven years ago where it was really starting I mean it's it's still in many ways like the Wild West Um, and we were Debating about different messaging systems and you know IBM and Q or or um, all kinds of different methodologies for things and I I don't know how much closer we are to that I think now there's a lot of security stuff that's that's coming up, you know like all of the um the concerns about the ring doorbell and everything it's good discussions to have and I wish that would have happened sooner. What what do you mean? Ring well, doorbell? just you know, just the privacy things. You've got all these devices that are it's monitoring. <laughs>
0: Are you talking about privacy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, some of us are a little more concerned than others, I think. So.
0: I have I have recording devices in every room I'm in. Do you? Uh, well, I mean, I've got Alexas all through the house. You know. Oh, do you? Okay. And uh, yeah, we have a, we have a studio. So there's a video studio in the other room. We make these. Um, we make a like management. Uh, programs for technologists It's pretty cool okay like if you want to manage your team better usually people like you will buy them for like your managers right okay. but so we have a video studio we do that we've got about eight people here outside uh, get my hand up there outside okay. that door yeah yeah but what I want to know what the ring uh, got off topic I want to know what the ring what's the what's the discussion around the ring because I know I have one and I know that I can like see my neighbors because there's like bobcats in my neighborhood and stuff all the time, like and ruining gutters, trying to eat the rabbits that are hiding in the gutters, and there's video of them.
1: Really? Yeah. I would, I would oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would watch that. That sounds good.
0: Dude. Yeah. So so it's but it's <laughs> weird to me because like there's an app, and my wife my wife brought it up to me, and I was just like, you know, I'm pretty chill with the with the automation because it's like a ball that we know is happening, but like, what am I gonna like? I can't stop it. I'm 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 assuming you would only you'd have to be in, like law or legislature to try to do something but anyways we in in 10 years we're already we're going to be there anyways right right um but she had this app and she came up to me and she's like oh check it out you know you know those noises you heard she's like oh look the neighbors got them on a bobcat i was like oh would you like how'd you get access to this she's like oh it's just an app and she goes if you own a ring doorbell it's just going to show you all your neighbors near you yeah i was like what i was like there's no like i want to see jen's you know neighbor my neighbor jen i want to see her camera like we have to exchange act no no, it's just open, like, you can right. just go around and see everyone in my neighborhood's doorbell camp.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's part of it. <laughs> We're kind of uh, bringing the surveillance state into our, into our neighborhoods. Um, our, our neighborhood is very funny because there's a big, I mean, it's not super funny, but there's a big concern about coyotes. Coyotes are oh, just yeah. all over Chicago and the Chicagoland area. And so there's always an alert, hey, I was walking my dog and there's a coyote. Every single night, there's an alert about a coyote.
0: Did the, are there attacks? Do you guys have coyote attacks?
1: I I don't think so. I think they're afraid of us. Um, so, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. It's certainly. Our so we we have a ring doorbell, and we have a fairly busy street. And um, you know, whenever there's motion in our motion zones, that information's going up somewhere. And it's you know my neighbors who never agreed to be on camera and have their internet, you know their their identity on the internet and showing their faces and things and all it's going to take is someone to scan some faces and that's a lot of data out there. So I don't know. I'm not, know i am not a super paranoid guy, but. You
0: know, it's, if you want to be paranoid, you know, who I think it's going to get it the worst, the delivery guys. Oh yeah. Right. Because, because their faces are going to be the most, like recognize, so they're going to have the most opportunity, they're going to be in the database longest and have the most opportunity for error. I want to see the graph of like crimes committed or like found, like identified through facial recognition, mapped to like what their profession is. Yeah. Because the more you're on camera, the more likely, right? Yeah. There's I mean, got to be some correlation.
1: No, I, I agree. And I feel bad because postal workers, that's a stressful job as it is. And now they're going up to the house and they're like, oh, God, I got to be on camera for this now. <laughs> I'm just trying to deliver this mail. And they got to be day. like, their faces is right up to the doorbell, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I love it.
0: Oh, man. This is great. So, like, what does your team look like? Like,
1: how many, do you have direct reports? Like, what do they look like? So, my, my direct report, I do have direct reports, technically. Uh, but they're my peers. I mean, I've, I've been working with the same guys for... A lot of them have been here for just as long as as I have. Um, But having said that, I mean, we've hired guys recently in the past three or four years. And, you know, technically they are my direct reports. But um, when they're on a project, we like to put people together. um, So there's there's at least teams of two or three. um, But they are interacting directly with the customer. Um, So they have a lot of responsibilities. and, And that's you know, kind of who we like to hire is is people who enjoy that responsibility. So in terms of me managing them, it's more, what can I do for them? How can I provide uh, mentorship abilities or what is it that they need to succeed? Um, Not at the current position necessarily, but, but, you know, beyond, Uh, because we get people that are pretty young and we know this isn't their first and only job. Um, They're probably going to continue here and use this as a springboard to something else. And we're, we're okay with that. We're, that's great. That's fantastic that, that we have really skilled people that, that want to come here and, and um, learn and, and get familiar with capital market space while learning a, tons of like interesting technology and figuring out exactly what they want to do. Um, so it, it's it's weird because I, 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 I don't, um, I've had good managers. Uh, actually, my, my boss, Jim, is just fantastic. I mean, I, he's really helped me kind of figure out what I want to do with my career. And that's how I want to help out our guys. I, they don't need uh, you know, someone to parent them <laughs> and, and you know, make sure that they're, they're doing whatever they need to do. I, I trust them. That's, that's why they're here. Um, so it's, it's whatever I can do to, to help them succeed,
0: I guess. No, I mean, I love, I love hearing that. We're, we were just talking about this yesterday. So we, we started the podcast and then a leadership company came out of it. Right Because people yeah. were saying, "Oh, you know, we hear these leaders. how do we get them, our leaders to do those types of things?" And we're like, all right, well, we'll create leadership challenges and so we're we're about two years into it now, and we were we were having a meeting the other day, and we we're saying, all right, like let's look at our best customers, like who are our best customers, and what commonalities do they have between them as right. like a startup, right? Because we want more of those types of people because they're they're having success with the product and and what we've learned, like the short of it is, their company culture is everything. Like the companies that have the culture that they care and they want to improve, they do well with our product. And like, we can't take people that don't want to improve and give them a product that makes them better. They just don't, they don't, it's like they they won't do anything with it and they won't have success with it. But it's important though, because here's why, like they will go around, right. And say it doesn't work like like the purchaser, right? Like they could purchase it and then there are people don't use it and then they could go around and be like, oh, you know, it doesn't you know, work. We haven't had this. We were just talking about this the yeah. other day. It's like, you want customers and you want to be really good at identifying them because everyone talks no matter what. And so you want them yeah. going around saying, this is the best system in the world. We love it, we recommend it. And then we want more of those types of customers. So we've finally gotten to the point where like, we can tell in our sales process when we don't want a customer. Yeah. And that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. And we can say no to we can say no to a customer or just like discourage them from, you know, buying it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're in the same space. I don't I don't know that. Now, I will say I think we've always been in the space where we can rec, we can recognize up front, like you're saying, is this is this risky? Is this a relationship we want to be in? And, you know, business is good enough where we can we can say that. And we know that we're going to turn this one away because it doesn't feel like the right thing we're going to open ourselves up so that we have the availability when the next good customer comes our way who understands what this work relationship will be like um so that it's it's tough to say no sometimes but you're right i mean you you have to kind of know when to when to walk away from stuff like that oh
0: don't get me wrong it's a total optimization thing like yeah it's after you get your base costs like met right like yeah you can't like you definitely have to take everybody at the beginning and you have to, you have to go through that learning process. And then like, it's not always a straight shot up, like you can be doing well. And then it just, you, you, and then sometimes you're like, well, we really need the money. So we'll take this customer and then try to figure out how to get them as much success as possible. Right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's what makes it fun. Right. If it was just a straight ride to the top, like if you could just flip a switch and just start having immediate success indefinitely, like, people there would be people who would like not flip the switch because they right. would be just bored yeah right yeah
1: yeah yeah and then and again i mean I, I i think that um that's one of the fun things about the job is to not be bored right that's just the fun thing about doing engineering and software is there's so many opportunities to, to kind of improve and, and to learn new things that uh, we didn't sign up to be bored <laughs> it's not what we do yeah so as as we start to wrap up what's the rest of your day look like well, I've got a, we do weekly iterations. Um, so in about nine minutes here, I got to jump and we're going to do feature estimations for a, a next iteration for our exchange platform. Um, so we're kind of rolling out some new new functionality that we want to estimate because we we basically keep track of our team velocity to figure out how much work can get done every week um, with the given team that we have. Um, so it will be a probably a long meeting going into features really challenging each other and making sure we understand exactly what's being asked of us to, to develop you know fun agile stuff so unfortunately today is a long meeting but then uh, hopefully uh, once that's wrapped up we'll know exactly what we need to do and I'm gonna probably play more of a Batman role and um, help where where we need help to kind of improve our process I like to give the feature functionality to to the engineers who are more, most involved in it and I'm just trying to assist them where I can
0: so you like, start the meeting, sort of set the tone, and then just let them do their thing
1: exactly. yeah, again, nice. we're all adults, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, well, well, the important thing is that you know we have high we have we have standards. like yeah. we we set ourselves in an environment where we know that like that's the most productive way to work. And so we manip- we adjust our environment to have a bunch of adults and it that like people want to come in, do good work complete things exactly. get things done move, move the world forward and then you know the biggest thing when people are asking me oh my team's like this or that or whatever i was like you're just you're in the wrong place like if you're not that type of person and everyone else is then just go find groups of people that are like you that want to get good work done and not totally. like have issues we're, yeah.
1: we're a small company i mean there's uh, eight engineers that's including myself and we have a lot of contractors that we work with as well uh, but one of, the, one of the things that Jim has been doing, uh, which I didn't get at the beginning, but now I totally get, is we have to just start thinking like a big company. How would we franchise this if we wanted to franchise it? And that gets back to figuring out what is our culture? What are, what are the, the operations, uh, what are the policies and procedures for what, what does this meeting mean? And once we get that kind of written out somewhere, people read it once and they say, oh, I get it. I know why we're doing this. I got it from here. I know exactly what I need to accomplish today. And um, that's been something that we've been doing the past year, year and a half. And I, I think it's been to to our benefit, certainly just, you know, codifying what what it, what it is we do here every day.
0: Well, I, w- I want to make sure you're not late to that meeting, but Chris, man, we did it. We made a podcast. How was it? Your first podcast. How was it? It was great. It's great. 10 out of 10. Like,
1: like a hangout.
0: 10 out of <laughs> 10. We just like hanging out talking, right? Yeah. I feel like we figured out a lot of things
1: today. It's good stuff.
0: We did. Yeah. We 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 took care of the world today. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, world. You're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> no more hello. Now it's your welcome world. That's right. Uh, so I love the pizza there. Uh, next time I'm I'm in and around that area. Are you like in the in the city of Chicago? You right outside?
1: I'm right outside, but right right outside. I'm practically in the city. So.
0: Okay. Cool. You know, so yeah, I I was actually there like five times last year. So. Nice.
1: Yeah. Come on out. Don't yeah, come next time. I'm there. Pr-
0: we'll get have some pizza.
1: Don't something. come right now. Wait a few months.
0: No. 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 Yeah, I'm I'm from Florida. I'm in Florida, and I'm wearing my Columbia jacket yeah, because it's like six it. seventy degrees. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Next time I'm out there, I'll let you know. Maybe we'll grab some food or something. Cool. Sounds good, man. All right. Have good a great day, you. buddy. You too. Goodbye. See ya. Bye.